Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the Word of God bless you today. So today we are continuing our sermon series on the book of Revelation. That is the last word in the Bible uh, about God. And uh, it is a a book that has uh, really kind of mystified us for a long time. And uh, and so we are spending the next uh, many weeks reading through the book of Revelation uh, to try and see that this is a a word of good news for us in the church today. So uh, listen for the word of God again uh, from Revelation chapter 4. Uh, This is John of Patmos. You remember John of Patmos. This is him uh, speaking uh, about this vision, this dream that he had. So he says, after this, I looked and there in heaven, a door stood opened. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet. Well, it, it said, well, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once, I was in the spirit. And there in heaven stood a throne with one seated on the throne. And the one seated on the throne there looks like jasper and carnelian. And around the throne, a rainbow that looks like an emerald. Around the throne, there are... Uh, 24 thrones and seated on the thrones are 24 elders dressed in white robes with golden crowns on their heads. Coming from the thrones are flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder and in front of the throne burn seven flaming torches, which are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne, there is something like a sea of glass, like, like crystal. And around a throne, on each side of the throne, there are four living creatures, full of eyes, in, in front and behind. The first living creature is, is uh, like a lion, The second living creature is like an ox. The third living creature with a face like a human. And the fourth living creature like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are, again, full of eyes all around, inside and out. And day and night, without ceasing, they sing. 
Holy, 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 the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, well, the 24 elders, they fall before the one who is seated on the throne and they worship the one who lives forever and ever and they cast their crowns before the throne and they are then singing, you are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. And this too is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Well, in those days, it seemed like life revolved around church, and perhaps it was because it was a small town in in South Georgia in the early days of the internet, before smartphones and weekend sports occupied so much of the lives of, of, of many youth. But it seemed like the central role of the church there when I was a kid had held on a bit longer. Our family was at church multiple times a week, and and I loved it. Sunday's uh, church began early with a breakfast prepared by the deacons every single week. Eggs, cheese grits, sausage. Uh, When Mrs. Jones was on duty, she made the most amazing monkey bread. And our family of 10 took up two long tables pushed together in the fellowship hall. And my mom made sure before I sat down to eat my breakfast that I shook hands and and gave hugs to the older adults who I love to do that for because they took a genuine interest in my life. And after our big family breakfast, our, our, our actual family would spread out around the church to our various Sunday school classes. There was one for each age. And then at 11 o'clock, we'd come back together for the church service. And then later on Sundays, I'd be back at 4 o'clock, back to church for youth choir practice, followed by youth group and, and then supper Then on Wednesdays, we'd be back at church for family night supper. After that supper, there was a program for the adults taught by the senior pastor in the fellowship hall. But throughout the church, again, there was age-appropriate stuff for for us. I think my folks must have really enjoyed that three full meals a week were taken care of by the church. They kept us well-fed. I loved it. it. My best friends were there. It's, 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 it's where my faith was, was fed as much as my stomach. It's where I came to see family as so much more than those I, I lived with. And I wanted to be there at church every time the doors opened. And so that's where I was. When the youth pastor was talking to us about what heaven would be like, he said, it, it'll be like church all the time which sounded pretty good to me. Yeah, he said, it it will be like a never-ending church service. Praise and worship of God without ceasing for eternity. Wait, wait, wait. Church service? That doesn't end? 
See, for me, all, all of the time spent at church, that one hour on Sunday morning, that was kind of like the price of admission. It, it, it was the part that I accepted as necessary in order to get to the good stuff. The community, the friends, the games, the Bible studies, the flirting, the food. Eternity of that sounded pretty good to me, but the thought, I really thought that our church services were plenty long. How could I endure that forever? That sitting still and listening and standing and singing and sitting and waiting, that didn't really sound like heaven to me as a kid. But here in Revelation, St. John the Revelator has confirmed it with his vision. The door to the sanctuary stands open and he hears that familiar voice, the one that sounds like a trumpet. And when he pokes his head inside, well, it, it might as well have been the organ calling. And me opening the door and seeing there the saints of First Presbyterian Church in Thomasville, Georgia, lined up in packed pews, dressed in their Sunday best, standing proudly with their blue hymnals open, singing all in the spirit, belting out, Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons. Blessed Trinity, forever. It was this that I imagined would greet me when I died and would go on without ceasing. Now, at this point in my life, in this role, I have different feelings about that than I did as a kid. Now, I know, for example, that it was these people from church coming together to worship God that was at the very heart of all that I loved about church. When I was a child, it made sense that in some ways I viewed myself as the center of my time at church. But for that one hour, my desires were not what was being served. God was. What I wanted, food and playing and hanging out with friends and, and, and cooler music, well, that was not the primary objective. I was not the center of worship. God was. And it was from that worship that all that I loved about church flowed. There in worship, I joined the elders and the kids learning the old hymns and the prayers and little by little growing in my faith and understanding of God. It was for the love of God that these people came together and grew into a holy family and welcomed children like me, found joy in providing for us meals and games and fellowship. God is at the center for that one hour, once a week. But what that youth pastor was trying to tell us is that in heaven, what John sees in his dream, well, God is in God's rightful place at the center of our attention, our lives, our worship, 
at all times, forever and ever. Now, the church in the Western world today is experiencing declining membership, and it's not because there is something particularly wrong with our worship of God, but because our society has now come to expect that it is the individual who is at the center of the universe. As a culture, we have been so thoroughly marketed to that we believe it is our wants and desires that should at all times be the center of attention. You want a meal? Oh, pick up a phone. We'll bring it to your house. Want to be entertained? Well, whatever you want, on demand. Feeling lonely? Want some companionship? Well, there's an app for that. Just keep swiping. Feeling uncomfortable about some information that you are hearing? Well, file a complaint. Your wish is our command. You shouldn't ever have to wait or be bored or unsatisfied. Now, many churches feeling the loss of membership in this era started to cater to the teenage version of me, young Drew. We don't want you to be bored at church. You you must be entertained here. Let us cater our worship of God to what you want, Drew. What will hold your attention? Because isn't that what worship is all about? You, Drew? The elders singing in John's vision tell us something very different about worship. They are surrounding God in their worship. And they sing that because God created all things, because it was God's will and not my own that I exist, that God is worthy of worship. St. John presented an alternative vision, one which is the reality of heaven. One that we pray for whenever we ask God to make God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Once again, John is in the spirit in this vision. He hears that voice like a trumpet inviting him to come and to see what is to come. And he is suddenly in heaven and a worship service is underway. There is a throne and there is one on the throne surrounded by 24 more thrones And it is a fully sensory experience, sights and sounds. There is light bouncing off of precious stones, creating a rainbow around the throne. There is lightning flashing, the sounds of of rumblings and peals of thunder. There are four living creatures, ox, lion, human-faced, and eagle. There are human beings present, but it's definitely not all about them. There are are 24 elders on thrones, perhaps representing uh, the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles, the Old Testament and the New Testament, united in worship of God. They are then the gathered church. They are God's people. But what is happening in this vision is not for them. It is for God. They are continually throwing off their crowns taking off their crowns because it's not about them. They are continually throwing themselves before the throne because it is not about them. And the creature with a human face is simply one amongst other animals there. Because in heaven, it's all creation that is present in worship. Worshiping our 
creator, human and non-human, in harmony, just as God created it to be. It is worship, day and night, never ceasing, and it is not boring. At the beginning of Revelation, John meets the Son of Man, but now in heaven, seated on the throne, is not one like the Son of Man. It is not like a human at all. Did you catch what John described as on the throne? He says the one seated there is like jasper and carnelian. Those are precious stones. It was God on the throne. A late pastor and theologian, Eugene Peterson, he taught that that in the ancient world, uh, they valued stones not for decoration, but for their capacity to reveal and deepen colors of light. Precious stones are precious because they collect and intensify light. And in heaven, God is collecting praise and then reflecting back on all gathered, this glorious light, refracting it, expanding it, intensifying it, casting light as a beautiful rainbow on all that are gathered around God's throne. And this is worship. God is at the center and God is here collecting our praise and casting back on us this beautiful light. It's not all about us. And yet putting God at the center turns out better for us. Adding beauty and goodness and light to our lives. John's vision of worship, it sparks the imagination for what worship in the world can be like. We gather here with belief, we heard it from River, with the sure conviction that God is here, really here, that God is present, and that what we do here is to give God our attention. Peterson writes that that those unfamiliar with worship, they see a few folks singing unpopular songs, sometimes off-key, someone reading from an old book and making remarks that may or may not interest the listeners, and then eating and drinking small portions of bread and wine that are supposed to give nourishment to their eternal souls the same way that beef and potatoes sustain their mortal flesh. That is some of what I thought as a child. But by the grace of God, my my vision grew, and, and sometimes I have the eyes to see what is really going on here. As John tries to describe this vision for us, he is so captivated by one central component, he comes back to it twice as if to make sure that we really heard him. He said those four living creatures with the six wings, that they were full of eyes, full of eyes front, behind. And again, he says, they are full of eyes all around and inside. As if being in the presence of God, you can't have enough eyes. You want to make sure that you see it all, that you take it all in, the light and the beauty and the awe. I can't take my eyes off of it. Looking at God finally, fully, with eyes also on the outside, 
They are also able to look inwardly with the eyes on the inside and see what? Maybe God there as well. That is what worship is all about. Getting our eyes pointed in the right direction, reoriented to God. There is so much that competes for our attention. Screens, social media, our calendars, our careers, our our illnesses, whatever it is that demands so much of your attention, that is not God. Whatever that is, I bet it is not always concerned with your being your best. Those things that, that we give so much of our attention to They're not always in our best interests. They're not often concerned with our healing, with our being whole. But God is. It's good news that worship isn't about us, isn't about our popular culture. Because honestly, our culture is constantly in a state of accelerating change. But God is constant. Our self-obsession is making us sick. It is harming our creation. It is not serving us, and it is not serving God. But worship, it redirects us. It gives us eyes to see this world differently, to see it shining, to see it resonating with God's light, reflecting off all that God has made for us to celebrate and enjoy. Worship is our place to to turn around, to course correct our lives, to be directed at God as we take up these old prayers and songs and join with the many-eyed creatures of earth singing God's praise. To do so brings us back to reality, that God is everywhere with us and here in worship where we hear again and again the good news for a hurting world, that Christ has come to us to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It is not all about us, and that's good news because God has done all of this and more for each of us. Holy, 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 the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then... May God be with you.